Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good evening and welcome to hour number three. Counting down to LSU and Southern Miss, a 638 kickoff tonight. The LSU Tigers come into tonight's game taking on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who are 4-2. And this game opened up. LSU opened up as an 18-point favorite on Monday. Since the game has gone as high as 27, it's about 26 in some parts right now. So that shows you a lot of folks are jumping on the Tigers and think that they have a good chance to uh, win this game by about four scores or more. Coming up this hour, we will speak with Southern Miss beat writer for the Hattiesburg American, Jason Munz. He will be with us to give us his take on the 4-2 and two Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who are twice beaten this season. They lost to uh, the... Uh, Troy Trojans, 37-31 on September 17th. And last week, they were a double-digit favorite over the uh, University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, only to get pelted 55-32. They were down 21-0 early in that contest. Looking at tonight's contest. Go Frank Wilson. Comes in here, comes into an interesting game when the Tigers talking about improving from the last uh, game, which was against Missouri, a big victory for the Bayou Bengals, 42 to seven, a record-setting victory, and to two weeks later tonight against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And T. Bob, now as we look at the LSU Tigers, we talked essentially about the offensive line. One thing that I think fans have come accustomed to, but certainly has gotten a lot better. And man, their last performance was, you know. As a stout, uh, from a standpoint, when you think about, you can only go by your opponent's numbers. And granted, their numbers were inflated, that being Missouri. But LSU shut them down completely. I mean, you're talking about a, a quarterback that was at top of the league in yeah. most categories. They had a lot of offensive numbers. And the LSU defense was impressive. To me, what was so impressive about that game is they finished the game. They played for four quarters. They scored in the fourth quarter. They finished. I didn't see a team let up. Even in, And I think the hardest time, T-Bob, you can allude to this, is, is to mentally not let up when you're up. 42 to 7 in the ball game. But when LSU was up 42 to 7, I still saw people flying to the ball. I saw the coaches on the sideline actively aggressive. And tonight, I think you look to start to see more of a standpoint because we go back to that game, T Bob, and look, there were some people that saw action in that contest uh, for LSU uh, in the last game that weren't on the, on the 2 and 3 D depth chart. So tonight, yeah, I mean, yeah. who, you is know, it, who is the receiver, especially? Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I'm blanking right now, so this is terrible. I should have never brought this up live radio. No, but it was it, it was on the first series a receiver who you'd never even heard of, who'd right. never seen the field, had a catch within the first four plays, I guess, of the Steve Ensminger era, uh, whatever what you, you want to call. It. But but you you talk about that fourth quarter score and not letting up, Deke, and it was especially important for this LSU team as they had yet to score a fourth quarter point going into Missouri. Right, and I think you can expect to see that same thing uh, tonight, T-Bob, with the uh, defensive linemen. You know, in the last contest, we saw, you know, the, the regular names as far as uh, up front on the defensive line, Gottschall, Gilmore, Valentine, Heron, Key, Bauer, names we were familiar with, but we saw some other players that get in there and get some action, including a guy like Ed Alexander. So I'm, I'm, I think what you're starting to do, you're starting to see some guys who maybe have been doing well at practice 
and Coach O is in the old, old you know, analogies of saying, so to speak, is kind of rolling those guys a bone, letting them know that, you know, if, if you get out here, T-Bob, and at the end of the week you're working and you're busting your tail and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason why you didn't play, well, you've got to have hope. And a lot of people say, well, you know, we're working hard, we're doing good, but at the end of the day, if you're not seeing the results, if you're not seeing the wins, you're not seeing the positive, uh, you know, move forward, you're going like, well, am I really working hard? And I think that you, what you saw in that game and what you'll continue to see is that some guys that are probably maybe not as known, not on these depth charts, but they're working hard at practice, getting a little playing time. Even if it's a play here, a play there, that motivation leads to a lot, and it makes the practices more spirited, and it makes people compete at each of those positions. And I, I, would, I, would, I would be, you know, I would have loved to seen some practices, T-Bob, like a full hour practice prior to the Coach O takeover to after the Coach O takeover. Because I found it interesting. He told me earlier this week on Monday when I spoke to him, he said last Thursday when he told the team that they weren't going to play Florida, his meeting was at 2.15. He found out at 2.12 that they weren't going to play Florida. Joel Levin told him. Yeah. He went and told the team. He said it was their best practice of the season. Yeah. And I mean that that, that to me, and, and I mean they had every reason to be down. And I and I realize that some some say, well, that's a practice. But look, when you're trying to build something, and and the theme by a lot of these teams is win the day. Well, then you got to win the day. And there's only one day of the week the game is on. What you do leading up to that game is so what's so important. Yeah, and the practice changes that Coach O implemented. That's one of the uh, that's one of the areas that people have really highlighted, and rightfully so as to uh, where he's kind of made this program his own. Uh, Coach Miles was pretty infamous for his old school, kind of inefficient, very uh, long practices, a lot of standing around at times, very even arguably too physical at other times. And Coach O kind of flipped the script and said, no, we're going to be fast, we're going to be efficient, you're going to be running here and there, it's going to be light on contact, and you're going to spend more time in the meeting room, and yep. I think uh, that that's going to be key. I think if you're going to see anything pay dividends, it's going to be, uh, ho- you would hope at least, with more time in the film room, with more time in the meeting room, you're going to see a team that's better prepared for what the opponent is, uh, for whatever the opponent throws at them. Now, you were talking about other players getting a chance to play, Deke, and look, absolutely, always, uh, the more guys that you can rotate into the mix without suffering too far of a talent drop-off, then you just get that much stronger, right? I mean, why was Alabama's defensive line so amazing last season? Uh, I think they were three deep. They have like 13 guys who you say, well, oh, they'll play in the NFL one day. LSU's not there, but there is developing depth on, depth on that defensive line, and it's not just there. It's everywhere, Deke. And why you're going – oh, and thank you to the text line, 8855, Russell Gage is who I was trying to think of. Russell Gage okay, was the I wide receiver who I never even heard of. And then he came up with a catch on the first drive. And, and, and why you're seeing this, to my point, is that another change that Coach Joe implemented is that the position coaches now have full autonomy over who to play and when to play them, meaning that if Grimes wants to make a change on the O-line, he can do that. Uh, if Jabbar Jaluk wants to sub uh, Daryl Williams or Darius Geis in on a particular play, take Leonard Fournette out, whatever he wants to do, he can now do that. And it goes to all the all the position coaches on the team. He's delegated responsibilities. And generally when you empower someone like that, I mean, right, you learn about this like in the workplace and stuff. When you empower someone like that, if it's the right type of employee, if you judge the situation correctly, then they will reward you 
for providing them with that added responsibility. So now that these position coaches have been freed up a bit more, uh, it's just like you said, Deke, I, th I think you're going to see some guys who have maybe been buried on this depth chart and sometimes for years that could uh, come in and make uh, contributions and impacts here and there. No doubt about it. And looking at some scores, boy, you hate to pile it on a kicker, but gosh almighty, Clemson comes from behind and wins in overtime. A Deshaun Watson touchdown pass. They beat NC State 24-17. to It was Oklahoma 38-17 to over Kansas State. The, the, the Big 12's biggest fear is Oklahoma runs the table, and they're a two-loss champion. But they do have a little, little so, I guess you'd say, surprise opponent coming up into things as West Virginia now improves to 5-0, and and they're doing it well, outscoring Texas Tech 24-10 to in the second half, 48-17 to West Virginia over at Texas Tech. Other scores today, of course, last night it was Louisville uh, unspectacular, 24-14 to over the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Games in progress right now. Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, they are the surprise maybe of the country right now. They're 10th in the nation at a pretty good Indiana team, beating them 17-0 to in the first quarter. North Carolina 3, number 16, Miami 0. That one uh, late in the first quarter. Western Michigan, many people feel can run the table and go undefeated. They're 24th in the country. They lead Akron 14 to zero. Number 14, Florida State three. Wake Forest zero. It's number 11, Baylor 21, Kansas zero. Number one, Alabama seven. Number nine, Tennessee zero. Late in the first, and it's number 17, Virginia Tech trailing Syracuse seven to three in the first. Utah and Oregon State no score. Missouri and Florida no score. So, so, uh, so Clemson stormed the field after they uh, after they beat NC State. I did not realize that was a Clemson. Uh, tradition and so I'm sitting here going off on Twitter I'm like I don't know if it's just because I'm in a bad mood but Clemson storming the field at home against an unranked opponent that's pathetic I'm going to actively root against them every game from now on and I'm going off and then all of a sudden you know my mentions are filled with like wait T-Bob they do that every game right I mean that that's their tradition but Deke if I've wait, they, wait a minute. So they, they, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I knew they I rubbed know. Howard's rock coming down the hill because I've done that before. But I, so they, they storm the field after every game. I guess apparently after every win, that that's what I'm being oh, told. Either way, though. Either way. Either I'm way. Gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look into that if, now because that that's too that, that's too much of a stadium issue there to do that. Yeah, I agree, but but I but mean, how you gonna, you gonna keep the security to get people well, off the field? So to their point, it did look pretty controlled. It was one of the most controlled. Storm hey, it might be. But this is the deal. This is the deal is that if I've learned anything from this election, it's that if you're ever caught with your pants down, if you're ever caught being wrong about something, it's time to double down. So I'm going all in. I hate Clemson. I hope oh. Clemson loses every game from here on out. They're weak. They don't have the stamina. I'm done with Clemson. I, I think you, Clemson should take a drug test before the next game. I thought you were going to say you you would do like you would take the Andy Pettit approach instead of the Roger Clemens approach and just say, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. That was it. You'd answer a nope. few questions and nope. it'd be over with. Instead of saying you misremembered or you misheard yeah, something, yeah. and then you'd be going before Congress. <laughs> you got you to double down. So I, you go, I you're going to die hard. Yeah, I hate him. That storming the field's a complete joke. Yeah, Get I just, out of I here, I don't understand Clemson. because if you storm the field after every game, what, what's the meaning of storming a game when, I, I, when it's a big game? I have no idea, right? I have no I, Look, ideally, you would never storm the field, and that's another one of those kind of annoying feather in the caps that Alabama has over everyone else that all my Alabama friends are so fond of telling me is that Alabama's never stormed the field against anyone. Like, I know 
LSU fans were pumped when they beat Ole Miss at home a couple of years ago. But when they stormed that field, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't a a bit uh, disappointed. Like, not storming the field is the ultimate sign of disrespect because you're then telling the opponent that beating them isn't a big deal enough to get you that excited. So uh, I would hope even if LSU, which I'm sure if they won this year against Bama, they would storm the field. But I would hope that they win it because I think that would add a little salt to the wound. T-Bob, looking at the uh, going into even though LSU didn't play last week, he still leads the Southeastern Conference going into today's game with seven sacks. Sophomore Arden Key with seven on the season. Also coming down the stretch, uh, Devon Gachow is in that number two as well. He is uh, toward the back end. He has three sacks on the season. That's impressive, T-Bob, when you think that LSU didn't have a game last week and Arden Key still leads in sacks. And also he's sixth in the conference in tackles for a loss, T-Bob. He has seven and a half on the season thus far for the LSU Fighting Tigers. So, to me, sacks, tackles for a loss, those are huge. He ranks right up there with the best of them. And all tackles in, in uh, this season, uh, senior Kendall Beckwith goes into today's contest with 45 total tackles. He's averaging nine per contest. Keep yeah. in mind, that's without a game. And Jamal Adams is in the top 20. He is 14th in the conference with 34 tackles, averaging seven per ball game. And Duke Riley is averaging six and a half tackles per game as well yeah beck has been coming on more and more and yep. um he's really just like he, he's continuing to, to emerge as arguably the the kind of heart and soul leader of that defense i mean well look with trey white he's still probably your top defensive performer him or arden key but i just realized this deke because of the lost game Arden Key's 20-sack goal, that's out the window, man. That's out the window. He, he set that incredibly lofty goal, and he I was on pace to hit it. Uh, you can't hit it. He, he, look, it he was, get, if he, look, if he can do like Vic Beasley did with the Falcons the other day against, the, against Denver and get three tonight, he's right back on track. Yeah, man. I, he's I, he's going he's going he's going to need one of those games with three. But he, he's going to need now. Not, he's going to need a couple yeah, of those. Now he's going to need that's two not or out three the question, of those. Though. That's uh, not out the, when you think about the teams they're going to face just in the next two weeks that are going to pass. Let's say let's say Southern Miss runs seventy five plays a night. Fifty five of them are going to be passes. If Ole Miss yeah. runs seventy five plays next week, uh, unless they're just gashing LSU up front. Maybe sixty of my passes. A and M too. So he's going to have some looks. He's going to oh, yeah, get the look. And, and and according to PFF College, he is the most productive uh, pass rushing outside linebacker in the entire nation. Uh, but still, man, that twenty sacks was already always going to be tough. One less game almost makes it impossible. Yep. But much like the month of November, Deke, with great challenge comes great opportunity. If he still pulls it off, oh, then that's truly legendary. Oh no, he that that'll be huge. People be going like, "Damn, I wish I could draft him this year." They're <laughs> only being a sophomore. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and looking, you know, T. Bob, we talked about it too. The the depth of the LSU defense is really starting to come into its own. And Coach O is he's a depth guy. Where well, you follow him wherever he's been, uh, you know, to, to when he was at Nichols, to Syracuse, to University of Miami, to USC. He's a depth guy, and I mean, now you look at the end, you look at the nose, and you look at those interior guys. I mean, you got three, four, three or four at each position, and that's on the depth chart. And they they rotated a couple of guys that were not on the three deep depth chart against Missouri. I look for that to continue tonight. 
and when you're going up against one of the things he told uh, he told me and uh, Bobby a while back was that you know a couple of years ago when he first got there and they were going up against Alabama he saw the defensive rotation with Alabama not last year but the year before last with Ashawn Robinson and all those guys up there when they were when they were uh, you know their second to their last year yeah I think I think he said in the first half in the interior defensive line. They had rotated. I forgot how many. What kind of astronomical double-digit number? He said. He said that that is a product of not a, not a drop-off in play, not just rotating. Just say, okay, we need a fresh body in there, but rotating fresh bodies in there that had experience and they had been in there in several situations on a on a run stop, on a short yardage yeah. situation, on a third and long, on a first and ten when you're expecting a run, and you only get that by rotating those guys in there. And let's face it, T. Bob. Now kids are recruited to bring in. They're recruited to bring in and play early. And, I mean, I'm talking like real early. And now they come on campus in December. They're here for the first of the year to get in and, and try to get things under their belt in spring. So you get in a rotation, and now you're starting to see some of these young guys coming here and start to play well. I mean, we've seen Lawrence coming here. He's done yep. well. We've seen Ed Alexander. These are freshman guys. Glenn Logan, these are freshmen that have come in here. Ray Thornton, uh, Divinity. So Divinity, I mean, they're getting more and more freshmen involved uh, in, in the in in the rotation, and, and I think that can only help, especially when you're talking about playing this November stretch, T. Bob. Then let's face it, it, it's probably the toughest November LSU's ever had. Oh, I, I think I think that's without question. And, and look on the defensive line, especially that sort of depth is so impactful because what's a good defense's Achilles heel? It, it's it's tiring them out, right? It, it's the course of the game. Like, we always talk about the strength of a power rushing attack is that it's a bit like waves crashing upon the rocks where it's not always making a noticeable impact right away. But as it goes on, as the waves continue to crash, those rocks slowly erode. In the same way, rushing the ball again and again, uh, you know, two- and three-yard runs in the first half become five- to seven-yard runs, even bigger in the second half. However, if you have depth, if you're two or three deep with almost equivocal talent, then that is it's invaluable because it makes you immune to that. It makes you yep. impervious to that. You can't wear them down. No erosion takes place because you're switching in new rocks constantly. So that's why uh, I, I think, I mean, especially when you look at last year, why LSU couldn't run the ball at all against Alabama is because they just don't get tired. They, they nope. have they, they, it's fresh bodies, fresh legs constantly. And, there, and like we said, there, there may be a drop-off in a standpoint to where, okay, there are not many Sean Robinsons. There are not as many as those guys like a Tim Williams. But the drop-off may be more so in, okay, this guy is a junior with X amount of experience. This guy's such and such been in so many games. But other than that, T-Bob, that's generally where the drop-off is. It's not much of a drop-off from actual level of play or the caliber of player. And that's what LSU has on their roster, those 90 scholarship players. It's just about getting them involved a little more. We'll take a timeout, come back with more. We'll hear what Coach O had to say this week in our conversation with him. Plus, T-Bob gives his pick later in the program, his prediction, his breakdown. And we'll find out more about the 4-2 Southern Miss Golden Eagles who come in here tonight, a big underdog to LSU. Counting you down to LSU and USM tonight. 6.38 kickoff on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back to Sports Talk here on WWL Radio. Our pleasure to welcome in LSU football coach Ed Ogeron. Coach Ogeron, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Interesting week last week, just to say the least. Take us through the weekend, coach, how you did everything, knowing that you didn't, up to the point when you found out you weren't going to have a game. 
Yeah, we immediately went out on the road recruiting. We had eight guys on the road recruiting, went to a bunch of schools, went to a bunch of games on Friday night. The reception was great. Saturday was family day. Guys got to spend some time with their family. Mm -hmm. I think there was a hole in all our bellies that we weren't competing, weren't playing, but we get get to do something about it this Saturday. And coach, with that said, as far as last week, was so was so much going in the air when I spoke to you last. You said, "Hey, we're business as usual." But when you got into Wednesday and Thursday and knowing more, was it uh, anything maybe tapering off on practice or giving you an opportunity to do anything? Different, or was it just regular playing? I found out at 2:12 we weren't playing. at a 2:15 team meeting, mm -hmm. so we changed we changed our practice. We went and had a fundamental practice on Thursday. The guys were obviously disappointed, but I thought we had our best practice of the year so far on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Now, coach, it's been a couple of weeks since you made some adjustments, some tweaks to your scheduling as far as practice is concerned. How has that been for you? When you look back on it, a couple of weeks into it, how do you think the new schedule is going? It's been great. The guys are fresher. They're playing faster. There's more energy now. They know what to expect this week. We're going to get after this this Monday. We're going to have a great practice today. Knowing that you're not going to play, but you didn't play, you wanted to play, does that does that any way involve, uh, affect you wise? I know you can't simulate anything like that, but uh, do you feel like not playing that Saturday, does it throw you off? Did it hurt? Did it help anything of that nature? You know, it's something that happened. We have to deal with it. We don't know. We don't know what the results will be. I know we were ready to play. I think we would have played very well, but now we have to refocus on the Southern Miss. This team's going to come in ready to play. We have a home game. We have a great week of practice and get ready to play a great game on Saturday. Visiting with LSU coach Ed Orgeron, Tigers and Golden Eagles, Saturday night, six. 35 kickoff here on WWR Radio. Coach O, now you've had a chance. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your team has learned moving forward against this next opponent, Southern Miss. Have you had a chance to look at them yet? Yeah, we have. Very explosive offense, averaging 530 yards a game, seven in the nation in total offense, 16 on defense. Jay Hobson's done a good job. We know there's a lot of people from Louisiana on the Southern Miss football mm -hmm. team, a lot of coaches there. They're going to be fired up to come play here, but it's not about them. It's about the LSU Tigers getting better this week. And, you know, when, when you step out of nine conference coach there's always that you know these conference games are, are certainly meaningful but non-conference when people come in you're going to get their team's best shot yes. regardless who's here and that's what you expected yeah, from yeah. Southern Miss there's no question they you know they, I'm sure they disappointed with their game last week their coach is going to get on this week they're going to come in and play their best football but you know what hey we expect their best shot Coach, now, what does Southern Miss do offensively? Maybe tell us a little bit about, tell the fans who's listening now, what are some of the things defensively you got to prepare for? Spread, up-tempo, very fast. They're averaging 213 yards a game. 25 is a great running back, short passing game. Mm -hmm. Just try to keep the ball and move the chains and then hit you with an explosive play, a screen, screen, and screen and go. They try to, just basketball on grass. Mm -hmm. Now, Coach, in the last outing you had, you had 82 offensive plays. We talked about the balance, 50 two rushes, 30 passes. Offensively now facing that Southern Miss defense, what, what is their defense going to give you looking-wise? Well, you know, we expect them to pressure a bunch. They're going to come after us a little bit, put a lot of people in the box, as we know, and give us some blitzes that it's going to be hard to pick up. We have to protect our quarterback. And we know they're going to play very hard. They have a pretty good defensive line. Coach, some say, you know, you, you, you practice, you know, as you play, and we want to practice as hard. Do, do you find that the, the practices, the more difficult they are or the more intense they put into it, maybe, I don't say easier, but the better equipped they are ready for a game day? Just like our coaches told us when we played bitty basketball, you're going to play like you practice. Mm -hmm. You practice fast, you practice with intensity, and you practice with good fundamentals. That's the way you're going to play, and that's the way we intend to practice. Coach, now you get set. Southern Miss comes in here Saturday evening. Give us some keys for this entire game. Game, offense, defense, special teams, the Tigers need to do? Well, it's about improving. It's about taking care of the football on offense, getting some turnovers on defense, 
be able to improve in our passing game. Uh, Steve's going to do a tremendous job of calling. We have to protect their blitzes, be able to run the football when we need to. On defense, we have to be, a, be able to adjust to the speed of the game, not give them the ability to run the football and spread and make them one-dimensional mm-hmm. and let our pass rush take over. Coach, what, what is it about any time you can be in Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night? <laughs> no, no question. You know, you don't get those those opportunities often, and uh, we cherish those opportunities. It's an honor to rep- represent Louisiana. Our team's ready to be ready to play Saturday. Coach Ed Ogeron. Coach O, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck to you and the Tiger Saturday night. Thank you. Thank you, Tiger family. Go Tigers. The 4-2 and two Southern Miss Golden Eagles come into Death Valley tonight off of a loss to the University of Texas San Antonio last week in which they were a big double-digit favorite on the road but fell behind early in that contest to lose 55-32. to Their two losses were to Troy, 37-31 to back in mid-September and, of course, last week to the University of Texas San Antonio. Jason Munts, USM beat writer for the Hattiesburg American Joins us now, uh, Jason. Was uh, was last night? Maybe uh, I don't know. Was it was it exception to the rule? Is it what Southern Miss is when when you talk to people and get a feel and look at this schedule? That loss last week uh, did it seem like it kind of blindsided them, but especially when you look at I think they were like a sixteen point favorite in that game. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. But no, uh, it, it was kind of a, a, a yes and no answer to the question. I mean. You know, Southern Miss has had issues, uh, you know, pretty much the whole season, not only starting slow on offense, but on defense as well. And, um, you know, but last week is really the first time, you know, that that kept on throughout the whole game where the defense never really caught up and the offense had trouble moving the ball, um, you know, consistently throughout the game. So it was kind of a, you know, like I said, it was, it was definitely – uh, a big surprise. Um, that was, you know, that was one of those games that was kind of penciled in as a win uh, very early, uh, but uh, didn't turn out that way. Jason, what would be more of a difficult challenge for, for Southern Miss in this contest? If we came out and just said, okay, LSU completely takes Nick Mullins out of the game or if they just completely take Edo Smith out of the game, which, which would burden, burden them the most offensively? Oh, boy. Um, I think – Probably if you take uh, Nick in the passing game away, I think that mm-hmm. would probably do more harm than, than if you uh, took the run game uh, completely away. Just because, you know, just because there's there's so many – Nick does have a bunch of options, um, and, and, and Edo Smith is one of them. Uh, he's a very good, uh, versatile, uh, versatile athletic back. Um, but, you know, if you take if you take Nick Mullins away from, from Southern Miss, they're going to struggle and – you know, that that tends to happen. I mean, he was the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year last year. So, uh, like I said, you take him out, and that's that's going to be a tough day for, for Southern Miss. Talking to Jason Munn, Southern Miss beat writer for the Hattiesburg American. And, Jason, uh, what's – okay, what's the path, as unlikely as it may be, what's the path to the Golden Eagles going into Tiger Stadium and pulling off this upset? What, like what? Are the, like what? 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 No, no. What would they need to happen for that to take oh, place? What do you think the key elements would be? Well, I think uh, number one, they're going to have to play the best defense they've played all year. Um, they, they've been, they've got the number one defense in Conference USA despite last week's uh, ugly showing, uh, but they'd have to play significantly better than they played all year long on defense. Number two. They can't make any mistakes on offense. Um, they're, I think, minus eight in the turnover 
in turnover margin this season, which is, you know, you, you look at – I, I look at a number like that, and I would think that that team is probably two and four as opposed to four and two. But um, but so Southern Miss would, would have to limit their their mistakes and, uh, and, and get some big-time plays. I mean, they'd have to – you know they'd have to uh, connect on some some explosive plays if they were if they were going to um, hang with LSU today. The, talking to Jason Munch, USMB writer for the Hattiesburg American. And Jason, when you look back at it, schedules obviously predicated on what a team did the season before because you can kind of look at it and get into it. Especially on the back half, you can say, well, these we have these games forthcoming. But when you look at after the night. Uh, Southern Miss only plays one team currently on the rest of their record that is uh, over 500, and that's Old Dominion at four and two. Marshall and Charlotte are one and four. North Texas and Louisiana Tech are three and three. So I would think that they've got a, a pretty good shot to be a, another bold caliber club this season. Yeah, there's no question. The, the um, path to the postseason, the path to possibly the conference USA championship game uh, for the second year in a row is pretty easy uh, once you get. Um, out of this game, they've got a bye next week, and then, like you mentioned, they've only got one game against a winning uh, a team with a winning record the rest of the way. Um, and now, Old Dominion is a quality team, but uh, I think they're they're. I don't think they're probably gonna. I don't think they're gonna give Southern Miss any trouble. So, uh, you know, you're looking at. I would think at worst uh, eight and four uh, going mm-hmm. into, you know, going the rest of the way. So. Um, that's not bad considering, what was it, 2012, Southern Miss was 0-12. So I think they'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and, Jason, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, there was so long that Coach Bauer was just such a, a constant – a solid guy there. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I think he still lives up in, in the Hattiesburg area. His family was there. I mean, you know, he'd been there mostly the bulk of his, uh, you know, head coaching career, a lot of success there. And then there was that move, you know, okay, can can Southern Miss take that next step? Can they maybe step out of the shadows of state and, and Ole Miss in this state? And they become a bold team. They've had some big names, but consistently maybe be a top 25 program. The Coach Fedora move was a good one. Then, of course, he left. Uh, you know, after that, it didn't much pan out. I guess my question is, from a consistent standpoint, is this program better than they were consistently uh, than when Coach Bauer was there, or and could Coach Hopkins, kind of Hobson, you know, mostly with kind of the same background, a Mississippi guy, you know, he he wanted to get the big time job, did well at Alcorn State, now he's doing good at Southern Miss, but you know, is that what they're looking for, somebody long term to keep the program? Or do they have those visions of maybe, you know, being a team that not only wins the conference, but, you know, might be in one of those uh, New Year's Six Bowls every now and then? You know, I think um, especially after, like I mentioned, 0-12 in 2012, 1-11 in 2013, I think for now uh, Southern Miss would, would do whatever they need to do to get back to that model of consistency that Coach Bauer put together at Southern Miss mm-hmm. where, you know, they were 6, 7, 8, 9 wins. Uh, per year for what felt like a decade and a half. So yeah. uh, I think they would be more than happy to do that. Um, I think this year they were thinking could have been a little bit uh, – Could have, the odds were at least halfway decent of, of becoming – you know, they had, they had big dreams this year. They didn't think they'd lose to Troy, didn't think they'd lose to UTSA. Um, you know, felt pretty good about uh, the game against Kentucky. So – uh, but no, I, I don't think at this point uh, Southern Miss has any, uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't think they've got any grand illusions in the next year or two or three that they're going to, you know, be a, a, a New Year's Six team. But, you know, that, that certainly is not going to stop them from trying. Jason Munch, USMB writer for the Hattiesburg American, letting us know about LSU's opponent today, the 4-2 and two Southern Miss Golden Eagles head coach, Jay Hobson. Uh, Jason, how can people keep up with you on Twitter? Uh, you can just uh, hit me at, uh, at Munzley, M-U-N-Z-L-Y, on Twitter. It's the same on uh, Instagram. And uh, Working for the Hattiesburg American, just go to HattiesburgAmerican.com. Jason, thank you so much for the time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. He's T-Bob Abair. I'm Dick Bellaby. When we come back, we're checking on some scores. Still yet to come. T-Bob's breakdown of his prediction, plus our game preview. LSU and Southern Miss, a 6.38 kickoff tonight right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. Eyes in Neyman Stadium in Knoxville and Rocky Top, where right now 6.50, a little under that. It is Alabama 21-7 to over Tennessee right now. So we'll come back. We'll get you caught up on all the full scores, plus our game preview, and T-Bob Abair gives you his top keys to today's action and his prediction, LSU and Southern Miss. A tough stretch for the Tigers, of course, tonight. Uh, last non-conference game, the rest of the way, a tough, tough stretch. All ranked opponents the rest of the season for LSU beginning next Saturday with Ole Miss. But first up, it's LSU and the 4-2 and Southern Miss Golden Eagles tonight, about 638 right here on WWL Radio. Still yet to go one half hour, and then we're coming back and give you the prediction and hand it off to the LSU Sports Network. The Tigers taking on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles tonight right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. This episode episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.